0: And now for something completely different.
1: Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal, the full story, real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show, presented by RIA Advisors.
2: And good morning. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with Danny Ratliff. CFP, we're so glad you're with us. Almost had a Chernobyl moment <laughs> before the show started today. There's an old little rascals uh short where they have the silver string submarine band and all the little rascals on the rate they're gonna be on the radio, and in those days when you went on the radio they just had a microphone and everybody would come up mean, it was live radio. And all the little wrestlers bring their instruments onto this stage. (laughs) And Spanky keeps knocking the microphone on the floor. You know, it's a stand microphone. Mm -hmm. And the guy in the booth, something blows on his board and his hair goes up, like his hat comes off. (laughs) Every time Spanky, knocks the microphone over with his music stand i almost did that to brent today when i spilled like i'm literally a full cup of coffee all on the console. Over my new
0: console all
2: over the console yeah as i got agitated that i couldn't get into my email because you know what they say about technology <laughs> it ducks <laughs> so i'm supposed to say russian ripple effect today maybe this was it <laughs> I saw He that said, coffee. "Don't mix up the words. Whatever rhymes with ripple, stay away <laughs> from it."
0: I saw that coffee rippling across the table. You sure did. If I'd had hair, and then it would have stood up.
2: <laughs> I was like spanking. and knocked his microphone. Oh man! I'm gonna tell you. And then when you couldn't get everything started after that, yeah, I was like, "Okay, this is it." Well.
3: I'm gonna have to give you like a, a kid's bottle, something. Of, a sippy, it a helps, a
0: sippy it cup. It has there a clip
3: on it. it. I was like so one.
2: agitated with the email thing, I moved my computer and I hit it. Yeah, I We're
0: don't know have, who have, who have decided some safeguards to make, around
3: here for rich. Let's
0: get to, some, Let's get some RIA advisors sippy cups, just for de- rich.
2: Who decided to make computer moves overnight here, <laughs> Connie? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> So listen, yesterday was Rocky Four. I will break you, right? Russian ripple effect knocking the American markets. Bang, 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 and then all of a sudden, right, Danny, come back.
3: Yeah, what a wild day. I mean, you see the Nasdaq swing six percent down three at the open. You think finished that was up be- three?
2: Yeah, you think that was because Lance was on uh, Fox Business? Maybe <laughs> he worked his magic. All I can say is, and we, had our, we always have our morning investment calls and we go through the process and we go through the rules and we go through emotions and what clients are feeling. You know, we do a great job as far as, I think, empathizing with clients and how they feel about things. Um, and Lance was talking about how oversold markets were. And don't be surprised by the end of the day if they close much higher Higher off the lows, and that's exactly <clears throat> what happened. As rubber bands got stretched with sentiment, and I started to see buying coming in. believe it or not, first in the arc in mm-hmm. Kathy Wood stuff, like people were bottom fishing yesterday. I don't know if you noticed that, Danny. Well, well, and then it sort was, of moved on to the uh overall. volumes
3: was much different than what we've been seeing over the last week or so. And then you know you look at the areas that you would anticipate or expect to do very well. You know, with oil going over a hundred dollars a barrel, mm-hmm. energy stocks you think would follow suit did not happen. And Lance actually wrote an article last week for uh-huh. Market Watch saying, "Hey, maybe this run up in energy stocks is is losing a little bit of steam here. Maybe a good opportunity to take some some profits." See, and
2: this is the and that's a great article. If you haven't caught it, it's on Market Watch, and it's I don't even want to look at the comments. Oh, I'm sure it's yeah, it's, it's because bad. everybody's a market maven. Yeah, and when Lance sort of sometimes stands out and does something a little contrarian. Then everybody's everybody's a, everybody's a genius. Just like, but he's right, right? The news is there, right? The the energy prices, the sector was up what over twenty five percent,
3: and the market and was down about ten at the time. It's not says, sustainable. Big 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 divergence here. Obviously, looking at the price of oil and understanding what exactly that means. But you know, the market in general tends to have a habit to do this, and just because it doesn't like the unknown. And so usually what we see leading up to major events, if you look at Fed rate hikes, you look at times of uncertainty when it comes to war, um, with with many things, even election cycles, we typically see lots of volatility leading up to these. But once we figure out exactly what's going to come down the pike, we feel a lot better and markets seem to have a little bit of sense of, of ease to it. Because we know a little bit more about what to expect.
2: Well, uh, like Lance brought up Wayne Gretzky, and I'm not a big sports guy, but it was always something we use as an analogy, like Wayne Gretzky would, would skate to where the, the puck was going to be. Not where it is, correct. And yep. most people are not that way. You know, They're talking about, oh, i got to get into energy stocks now. Because I, I talked to someone yesterday, a friend of mine, I said, well, you could be a little – not that it's okay to own energy, it's okay, but realize you've missed – a huge move in this sector. Yep. And the news is out there. We know there's going to be problems now. It's already priced in. And he looked at me because he doesn't invest in stocks. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, the news just broke. The market's always way ahead of you. Correct. It's just like when everybody's at that maximum despair emotionally that, or saying the recession's going to continue, the market's already past it and moving to something else. And that counterintuitive nature of markets, and that's why I love what we do as far as looking at what areas are getting exhausted, what, what sectors are getting exhausted, which ones look like they're so beat up, they're due for a bounce. Um, it, it goes against the grain of what you would think. And, and you gotta just, it's funny when you start to think like that. You ever see like when earnings come out and company has great earnings and it sells off? Right, buy the rumor, sell the news. I hate to use cliches, but it sort of works, uh, in many cases in markets. Yeah, we we saw a lot of wild
3: swings yesterday. The the Treasury ten-year oh, Treasury oh, was gosh, down, yeah. ten basis points over ten basis points, and yet it came right back up to almost where it was. It's down a tad bit today, and a lot of these areas are very oversold, and so you should expect a bounce. Treasury yields being being one, um, you know, as far as well, actually a decline in that and a bounce in bonds, and then. As far as the markets, I mean, short term, we've been oversold. But, you know, think about today. Today may be interesting as well. It'll be nice to see if we can get any follow through from yesterday. But yeah. today, what what happens being that we're right in the midst of this. We don't know what's going to happen with the Ukrainian capital. If they're going to, and obviously, look, Russian troops are going to, they're going to overpower Ukraine here at some point. I mean, the, the numbers and the math just doesn't add up. But I think this could be, This could be the unknowns of potential guerrilla warfare. I mean, we're hypothesizing here.
2: Listen, we don't know. Correct. we said last year, you and I, Lance, this year, the complexion of the market was going to be totally different. And it exactly the way we said it was. Not as far as who we know was going to happen geopolitically, but we knew that the scope of the market was going to change. Now, the Fed, now what will happen is the market will start moving away from this news, and start looking at the Fed again because that is the bigger obstacle, right? The obstacle is they're still gonna ha- they we still have inflation. The house we're staring at is still burning, mm-hmm. and all the fire trucks are out there. And, and this
3: may become more inflationary.
2: It, it depending on be. how long this goes. It, how long it goes, and, and we talked about this that even in October of last year, Danny, that energy prices would probably remain higher. And that inflation stickier than usual just based on our own political headwinds standing in our own way. Hey, when we get back. We want to talk a little bit about the uh, Social Security bridge options and why 401k participants are actually coming around to it here on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back.
1: news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
0: Thank you. Uh. FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the FAFSA, FAFSA, Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
2: Now the Fed was crazy with comments during the Ukraine issue um, talking about maybe 25 basis points in March versus a 50 basis point increase so um, but yet there but, but the the overall message whoever came out for the Fed was we're not dissuaded by this mm-hmm. to raise rates. Yet, <laughs> I don't know the magical number. Lance wrote a great piece in the newsletter about what where's the Fed put? Where's the beef? Where's the Fed put? Um, we don't know. Um, if the market falls another 10%, the problem you have where it's different this time, and I hate to say that, is we do have inflation at this juncture versus other times when the Fed put was initiated, so they're not. They may not look to save the market yet. I once dated a girl I can't even remember. I was in like in high school, and she goes, "I'm going to stay with you if you answer this one question properly. If we were married, and someone fell through the ice, me or your dad, who would you save? The Fed can only save one." Yes, either inflation or the market. She left because I said my dad. Um, <clears throat> sorry. I <worry. laughs> don't really like you that much. And you think we're getting married? First of all, we're
3: having this discussion now in high school. We, in we high got school, we're having this. Here, listen, right? This
2: is Brooklyn High This is in Brooklyn. In Did high you say, school, hey, you might look, as well be 35. Your, your yeah, in other words, you might. everybody grows up a lot sooner Yeah. Okay. in the city. So you're already thinking about getting married and having kids in high school. And I'm like, yeah, my dad, yeah, he's a cool guy. So, so I don't Rich know about though, but, you yet. So <laughs> but here's, but here's what's th- going to happen, though, right?
3: They're going to go for one. They're going to go after the go financial stability. One. So they go after your father first, right? The financial stability aspect of it. Well, no, not that. The inflation aspect of it, right? Because She's they're going f- to have to fight the inflation. Exactly. And then they're going to go for the stability afterwards, after it causes the instability at some point. Because we know, historically, this is what always happens. hmm and the fed's always a day late and a dollar short so we're going to continue to see the same exact theme and you're right you look back at all the, the last 10 15 years any time we've tried to do any type of tightening any ch- true change in monetary policy what have we seen we have seen that it's disrupted the markets and we've seen the fed go back and say hey we're it's it's okay we're not going to raise rates anymore but we've never had the inflation that we have now albeit it has been it has been created you know, it's not the organic way that we typically would like to see this. You know, strong growth, strong economy, things are going great. It's different. Mm-hmm. And those inflationary pressures, some of them are dissipating or have gone away.
2: Yes. Um It might be 25 basis points and we wait and see. Because what I talked about last year on the radio was I was worried about inflation being more permanent. But... I do think by the end of the year, with the way economic numbers are sort of falling off the cliff for first quarter and the fact that wages aren't keeping up with inflation, um, I I think you're going to almost go you'll you'll move into a disinflation environment. Now, people don't understand because this is where the markets going, where the where the puck is going, Mm -hmm. not where it is. Well, someone said to me yesterday, well, you know, even if that's the case, inflation will still be high. I said, yes. But instead of seven and a half, if it's now six and a half, it's going in the direction the market's going to like. Even though it's not anywhere near where it was, it's the direction of where it's going that's enough to move the market. Because Lance said there's a lot of cash out there. We saw it yesterday. It needs the right environment to explode out there. It's just too early to say whether you're in a bear cycle or not. You, just, some of you, you get some of your best rallies through bear cycles. So it's, it's very tough to say where you're going, going to be. Now, today, we have a lot of numbers coming out. We have personal income, personal spending, uh, durable goods, all for January preliminary. It's going to be interesting to see because of where the Atlanta Fed GDP now, you look at that GDP number for first quarter, it's shockingly low. A Goldman came out and also revised lower, right? So we are seeing a lot of energy coming out of the market that might take the Fed. All these talks about four or five rate hikes, Danny. You might see two or three because you know you might see inflation heading in the right direction. And just like they watch your house burning, I don't think they need to see inflation to slow down their their rate hikes. I don't think they need to see inflation drop dramatically. I think they need to see it cool off and start heading in the right direction before they hold off. So I think what they're hoping is they get one, they see inflation going in the right direction. They wait, they wait, they wait till the first, the second floor burns away, part of the first floor. Now inflation is still there. So maybe we do another 25. I mean, this is going to be what, how many years is it going to take them? Unless we get some sort of real runaway inflation. But how long is it going to really take them to
3: do yeah, that? Yeah, that's the problem is that this could be one of those things that it goes on for years because they're trying not to disrupt the markets too much. But I think that a lot of this has already been baked in, and they're going to have to act probably a little bit faster than than they've they've historically done. But
2: even then, how high can they go? Right, right. Because already economic growth is slowing down. Mm-hmm. Already we're seeing the real estate market slowing down with 30 year mortgage rates sh- a shade lower than 4%. And relatively speaking 4% is still cheap money, but not to this generation. Not with no. the way house prices have gone, not with the way wage growth has gone. So you got to look at it for what it is, not for what it was. And that's just the but way you, it you is. You know
3: what was interesting is, is yesterday for instance, you know mm-hmm. everybody's eyes have been on Ukraine and Russia and obviously what's going on there and you know there's the humanity aspect of all the all of this. But, you know in the background I always have on Fox Business or CNBC just you know catching up with news during the day what's going on and one thing I noticed that that wasn't the big headline in the sense of the markets the markets had those three things you talked about last segment it was inflation mm-hmm. it was slower growth and it was the Fed and that was it hmm. because we know geopolitical events typically these are short-term volatility moves correct now there's going to be long-lasting repercussions depending on how these you know sanctions go what actually has teeth And how long this goes on. But China's a
2: wild card. China's a wild card. I I mean, we don't know the odds of what China's going to do. And that's my biggest concern from another geopolitical hit. Yeah. But go ahead with your point, because it, it, it's, it, it's it's true. Well,
3: we've seen a lot of these moves in markets before. And I mean if we go back and look at historically the returns. And a lot of times the, the biggest swings are right at the onset or just prior to it. And then even during the event, we start to see that the market begins to ease about a bit. And then we see that you know things return to some normalcy. So the biggest news yesterday, though, or at least what the market was looking at, is the economy. What's, what's going to happen with those three things? And I think that's what we have to keep our eyes on. And that's going, to be, that's going to be a much bigger impact than any of
2: these smaller geopolitical events at the moment. Now, emotionally, as an investor, because the news is going to be um, invaded <laughs> also by Russia, uh, there's going to be a Russia ripple in your news stations. Uh, And the market might be calmer than you think, even though you are in disarray and thinking that how is this affecting your portfolio where the word we don't know, but the effect has already been felt to some degree, right? The whipsawing, the volatility and so forth. The market again, looks through the windshield. It's driving at 90 miles an hour, Right, And you're sitting in the diner watching the car pass and you're still worried about watching what you're watching on TV and the market's already passed you. Mm -hmm. So you can't let emotions make that decision for you. If you feel that you are taking too much risk in the portfolio, um, and I'm not looking at this from a gain-loss percentage. I'm looking at something in your gut doesn't feel right. I'm not saying ignore that. What I'm saying is don't go all out It makes no sense because you'll never get all back in. You let your emotions rule you. By the time you're worried about it, the market's already been inundated with it. Maybe during signs of recovery in markets, you don't take a machete to your equity allocation. You take a surgical knife. You trim away what you think is going to get hurt the most. You buffer your cash. You know, it's an ebb and flow, right, Danny? It's not Mm -hmm. this massacre that destroys returns. It's a a real trim around the edges, get the allocation where you want it, and then let it go, depending on your time frame. But you're going to make these wholesale decisions about getting in and out of markets. I'm going to say something here. You don't belong in stocks. You don't have the gut for stocks. You can't pay the price of admission for stocks. You should go to something else. And that's okay. That, and that's okay. How many people do you tell that you talk to on a daily basis, which is great about being a fiduciary, this isn't right for you? I had to talk to someone yesterday. I'm like, oh, and you know what? Stock, based on what you're telling me and how you're reacting and you have been out of the market, I will tell you stocks are not, are not something that should be considered. You should be in an indexed annuity with no downside risk, some capture the upside. Because you don't have the, you just don't have, it's not something that's gonna work with your philosophy and and your emotion. And that's okay. I am 100% in stocks. I have been through this 100% in stocks because I feel comfortable with the market. I'm not overconfident by the way. I know the market can take me down and it has. But I believe in the companies that I own and I'm going to hold them. And yesterday, and I own a lot of the same companies in my portfolio that that we well, own in our equity portfolio. And that's a really good point. I and mean, I added a little more to them yesterday. How, how, What's the impact
3: going to be to Apple, to Microsoft, some of these companies of what's going on right now from a geopolitical issue? Is that going to materially hurt their sales or revenues? And, and hey, right now, so if you're if you're on the YouTube channel, go to the chat box. Lance just put the article there that he has out today, or go to oh, realinvestmentadvice.com. It talks about geopolitical risk, the Fed, and what they may or may not do. So,
2: yeah, let's do that. Thanks for posting that, Lance. We're going to get to the Social Security bridge. Next stop, it's very important. Stay tuned. Financial Fitness Friday.
0: It's FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the FAFSA, FAFSA, Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show.
2: Listen, sometimes we have to tell you to eat your vegetables. And I, listen, I've gotten used to eating more vegetables. I can make broccoli and I add a little olive oil, a little garlic, a little salt. It's pretty good. A lot of cheese. <laughs> no cheese. Just... What? Bre- no cheese. That's what my mother would say. We're going to be healthy. We're going to, we're going to microwave, not microwave, but we're going to put in the boiling water bag of broccoli mm-hmm. loaded with cheese. <laughs> Remember that? Green Giant? Just a
0: half a chunk of Velveeta down in there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but annuities are going down easier. People are finding they're swallowing them a little bit easier because they are, they're going to understand what they are. They're not four letter words. Social security is an annuity. It helps you to create lifetime income and it helps you manage longevity risk, which is even more important for women. Um, So there's talk. One of my favorite think tanks is uh, the Center for Retirement Research and they did a great survey about if people were willing to look at what we call a social security bridge which would help individuals reap the benefits of delayed claiming for social security without having to alter their retirement age in other words if i want to collect social security at 70 and i need it to live and i'm going to get this nice 8% delayed credit bump between my full retirement age and social secu- and 70 I, you know, I have to retire, I need that money to live. Well, what about under the bridge proposal, employers would distribute payments to retirees from their retirement plans, 401ks, equal to what they would have received in Social Security benefits if they claimed this stream from the 401k would continue as long as the funds were set aside for the bridge until age 70. So this is a pretty simple approach that allows retirees to do that. And listen, Danny, we, talk, we create these bridges for clients now, not in a structured way as this. We, but to have employers look to do it where we say, listen, don't touch Social Security. You've maxed out your benefits. You have a younger spouse that's earned less. You need to wait. Well, if I retire rich, I need the money to live. Well, why don't we take out the number of years that you would have taken from Social Security? And I just did this the other day. I didn't realize there was a study. We pulled the client's Social Security statement and I looked at his full retirement age benefit and I didn't consider the cost of living adjustment. And I said, okay, why don't we just take this amount every month out of your 401k and it, and it works and it allows him to wait. So I did create a little annuity yeah, you, you without, create, create you know, that annuity bridge. means I'm just creating these, 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 these payments, these periodic payments, and that's what I did, and it allows him to, to sit. But this, is, this study shows that more and more people um, are looking to use the bridge. Last time they did the study was in the low 20s. Now it's almost closer to thirty. Um, but you did the bridge on somebody
3: who likely had a, a lot of wealth and assets that are above and beyond what that you know the typical pension
2: or annuity payment would be, right? So no, I actually took. He was going to collect uh, twenty seven ninety nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. I took that on an annual basis, correct? And I'm just pulling that twenty seven ninety nine out of his four hundred one k. So he's still able to retire up until retirement. So in other words, it's supply. He's working. Right? He's still gonna work a little bit part time. Okay. Right. But he's gonna pull money out of this, his, his retirement. Like he's account. receiving his social security. And then what'll happen is at age seventy, we can actually reduce what he's even taken out of the 401k because of the increase over life expectancy and his wife's. Well, and more. what I'm getting at is this gentleman
3: probably had more money in here that it was okay that you're not going to disrupt the overall big picture. When he fully retires, he takes social security. And then he for non-discretionary expenses has additional funds to meet those, well, those discretionary needs, right? Because Well, not as
2: you would think so, but here's the point. Think about this, what Social Security is. If I have a lot of money, mm-hmm. right, uh, then even though Social Security helps my plan, don't get me wrong, and if I'm going into a sequence, a poor sequence of return series for markets, which means I'm going to have more headwinds in my returns going forward, and I, during a why distribution phase, right? Which is dangerous, right? I, used to, I had a nice tailwind here, and now I'm gonna have a headwind possibly, and that's what we're planning for in our planning software. If I have a, a lot of money, the social security is great, but I, don't, I may not need it as much, right? I don't. Correct. Where someone, if I can push them to 70 by even draining more of their 401k, they, don't, they have limited assets. And I can drain their 401k or their retirement account, knowing they're going to get this bigger chunk of money at age 70? Correct. You know, it works. So no, it no, just I, I
3: do like that. But I'd also, I'd like if somebody continued to work so that they had additional funds be above and beyond I, that. Right. So what, what I understand. The, the one thing with this article or the study mm-hmm. in in the sense that it's encouraging saying, hey, they're going to let 401k providers annuitize more or less your 401k For until that you meet age 70. Right. Age and at that point or until the funds are gone. So what we're talking about is somebody who likely doesn't have a whole lot of money saved and then you don't have any flexibility later on in retirement. So I like this option. I think it's great for somebody that maybe you have to take care of a loved one, you have an illness, you need you because
2: just, they have they have to they 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 have to retire they for have a to reason. Do it. So and to your point, the Center for Retirement Research is going to focus more on those people Correct. that actually really use social security to survive. So to, to exactly your point. So What they're, and that's right. They're saying you have to retire. Like, I have like limited choice, but what can I do so that I'm going to get this higher benefit? Listen, that's going to be most of the United States, right? What do we always say at our retirement right lane? Social Security has become America's pension. It wasn't supposed to be. That's right. It wasn't supposed to be. So it seems like this idea, but think about this, forget the employer doing it. The actual point of using the bridge strategy is to increase social security benefits. And if that's going to be a majority or a good percentage of your income and you have longevity in your family, um, it's, it's going to work. So for people that are, I think, insurance adverse, even though, of course, that's what social security is, it's longevity insurance, right, um, this may not be a bad idea. And I think this bridge strategy is going to become more important because even though the 8% bump in Social Security from full retirement age to 70 is sort of an actuarial calculation, you almost have to look at, well, where the heck are you going to get an 8% bump in anything? Mm -hmm. So most people are going to look to do it. A guaranteed bump. Yeah. So when I first started in this business, when I was building portfolios and helping clients, I would tell them to take Social Security early and put it into the market. Because my thought was, we're going to have this, you know, evaluations, market stocks have been so discredited and all that, that that was going to be the place to be. In 2003, I switched that strategy and said, no, no, I think we're going to be in for trouble for the next 10 years. So now I want you to To look at social security. So in other words, you got to you got to look at this like as as a a, like a a weighing machine. Right. A a weighing. I've got. Do I take. Yeah. A scale. That's what it's called. A weighing machine is a scale. I have not slept last night. A weighing machine. Have you ever been on one of these weighing machines? Yeah. I try to avoid it. But I was looking for the more formal word for it just to be fancy. And I messed the whole thing up. (laughs) That's what you call a Russian ripple. Um, Because I have to use Russian ripple today. You know what? I bet that's what Fred Sanford drank. Russian ripple. (laughs) Yeah. You get that with Fred Sanford,
0: Strawberries and potatoes.
2: <laughs> Russian ripple. I need my ripple. All right, so you're going to counterbalance this where you're going to say some years, if I'm going to have a great tailwind in stocks, Social Security is not going to mean as much to me. Or mm-hmm. pension. When I'm going to have a great headwind in stocks, that guaranteed income takes a burden off the portfolio to do what that would have done. So there are times when I always think guaranteed income is great. But there are times where it's even more important than ever. Because imagine if I have all this guaranteed income coming in, whether I set up my own pension and Social Security, and I have three, four, five poor years of returns in markets. I could reduce my distributions, poor percentage, yep. to, to allow my portfolio to breathe. Maybe I can stop them for a couple of years. During the financial crisis, thankfully, for a few clients, I was able to say, listen, With all you have coming in, can we look at your budget and really dramatically reduce your distributions or just wait a couple of years or use an alternative? At the time, we were using um, home equity lines of credit, borrowing against life insurance. Like we were building our own bridges to allow the variable assets to heal as opposed to picking the wound and making it worse, right? Yep. Yep. So there's a way to do it. You you just got to remember, it's not as simple as I'll just take 4% out of my portfolio of variable assets and I'll be fine. There is a crafting and an art to creating the retirement income stream. You know, when you put money into, into accumulation, it's almost like hitting the nail with a dull hammer. You can get away with it. If I'm putting money away and I'm a great saver and I'm paying myself first, and I get a tailwind in markets, even if I messed up my allocation, I'm still accumulating. I make a a mistake on my distribution strategy and I'm no longer working, I'm no longer a human capital machine, earnings machine, that has a ripple, not a Russian ripple, a ripple effect on your portfolio distributions for life we're going to continue on this uh why claiming social security at 64 or 67 could be a big mistake and why is that some insight from michael fink uh a great specialist on taxes and social security when we return here on financial fitness friday we'll be right back
1: Daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Thanks,
0: It's FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the FAFSA, FAFSA, Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
2: I heard they sell weighing machines at Bed Bath & Beyond.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's there's a lot of heavy demand for that commodity.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's the... Russian Pringles effect on yes, your yes. weighing machine, mm-hmm. or what? Was I thinking about? Ruffles have ridges. Yes. Rus- Russian ridges.
0: It's an instrument used for measuring your gravitational pull.
2: Yeah. Yesterday I tossed my uh, Russian dressing. <laughs> I mean, with tomatoes and iceberg yeah, lettuce. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we could go on, but uh, we won't.
2: Yeah. The three people listening no, will hang. We'll just leave. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Next year, we're going to be doing financial fitness on CB radio. So along with, oh, yeah. So 4. get your handles ready. Good buddy. Dan. I already got Danny General Grant. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I thought it was
0: Joseph Smith.
2: <laughs> All right. So Social Security is exciting. Contrary to what Lance believes. Um, <laughs> because you got to, your claiming strategy is also in an art. Um, so you think about this, a worker in 2022, say he's going to receive $20,000 in social security income benefits at age 62. She can increase her income by waiting to claim age 70. So here's how it works, right? The percentage increase. So think of this as stair step 5% each year up to 64 now, after her 64th birthday, it actually goes to six and two thirds percent each year up to full retirement age. Then your bonus steps 8 percent a year till age 70. The way I, re- I really like the way Michael lays this out because I can now put the numbers down. Now, I'm not even considering cost of living adjustment, which is pretty decent for, for this year mm-hmm. based on COLA last, uh, CPI last year, right? So, what's good is I could say, well, how can I get you on each thousand dollars in income from social security an additional six and two thirds percent each year, right? So instead of say, I'm going to take it at age 63. What if I waited till, you know, 64 seems like that's more, a really important step. Like in other words, if I can even people, if I have to convince somebody, listen, I know you can't wait till 60 to 70. I can't, but can we do this to the next step? So I think that's a great visual for people who are looking to claim and for clients, Danny, to help them visualize that, wow, you just gave up six and two thirds percent. Wow, how did I do that? Well, let, let, let me explain this to you,
3: right? Yeah, and I think that, you know, we often like to put these in perspective of looking at the big picture. Mm-hmm. And looking at over your lifetime, but many people have a difficult time even with that because they say, well, I'm not going to live that long. But, however, the odds, once you get to a certain age, the odds of you living longer and longer begin to increase.
2: And to your point, we talked earlier about people that may have been a little bit more disadvantaged with the bridge strategy. Mm -hmm. Think about this. Social Security has its own mortality table that estimates the lifespan of average Americans. But keep this in mind, and there's a lot of studies out there that show this. This isn't relevant for a higher income families. Higher income families live longer. So you're probably going to be the odds of you living to age 90 or 95 and and making that waiting till 70 pay off is is absolutely more valuable to you. Yeah,
3: and so the the longer you're going to live, the the better this is. Hence mm-hmm. I love the steps, So Each and every year, you actually figure out, and you know, here's what this costs you and what it means now, if you go ahead and take early. Because how many mistakes are made around Social Security just because we think we're going to get... We're going to maximize it by getting the most out of it, by taking it early, when we know that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in, into the weeds and the numbers and not really understand where that break-even is, it could feel like it is. And especially when you look at the news and you see all the different numbers that are out saying... Social Security is going broke or, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of this is, is based on reading our blog, selling things, right? Like, <laughs> oh, hey, Social Security is not going to be here. So take everything you have and put it in this.
2: I'm like Lance's weighing machine on the other side. When he talks about Social Security going broke, I'm on the other side. And we're like, <laughs> um, we got this battle all the time, don't we? Danny? Oh, we do. <laughs> Uh, But it's important, and and this is what's really important And and you know what? What Lance says is valid. Yeah. But you and I know from a practicality standpoint, from working with people, (laughs) without Social Security, man, there's going to be a lot of people living in the lobby. It it just can't happen. No, it can't. (laughs) It's like, I'm sorry. It's it's just not. So um, you had a great story. You won't have to mention, obviously wouldn't mention any names, but generally speaking, when people take Social Security at 62, now- a lot of people who take it at 62 actually need it, and that's okay. They're not going to work. They've got a disability. They can't do the work anymore. Um, I, wa- I talked to someone a few weeks ago that's got long COVID, and he, he's going to work a little bit from home, but his lungs are absolutely impaired, okay? Mm-hmm. So I said, listen, you, you have to, you're going to need this money to live at 62. Uh, there's no way around this. Right. So he's going to do that. And then he's able to do thank goodness for all this technology to work at home. And I said, listen, even if you go above. It's okay. It'll just cut your benefit a little bit. You'll get it at full retirement age. Right. So you got to think about that. Some cases that's true. But how many times do you see with Social Security, people are taking it early from an emotional perspective? Well, Whatever Lance is saying about me, I don't care because <laughs> I have no technology this morning because I don't have a password to get into anything. And you know what? It is bliss. It's waiting machine bliss that I can't get into. Is this like computer. being
3: off social media? You just feel you feel good about life? You,
2: you feel free. It's like I don't have to look at my emails. I don't have to get into anything because Connie had to change everything.
3: Congrats. You got a day off, Rich. Yay. Now that darn phone wouldn't work. It'd be even better, right? Uh, yeah, there's, there's no day offs, buddy. So... <coughs> But, but no, this is typically yeah. a very emotional uh, emotional thing and so Lance yeah. has given us a hard time saying that look it's it's all about the math and I get it it is about the math It is. but there's math on the other side of this equation as well in the sense that sixty two percent of current retirees rely on Social Security for fifty percent <laughs> or more of their income. And when we talk, talk about math, it's funny for you and I we need to balance our budget we need to you know we need to make sure that we we spend less than we we bring in. That we're paying down debt. You know, assets, liabilities, all those those things that make a healthy household and balance sheet. But the government doesn't, and the government will continue to find ways to bolster different areas and things that are important to them. Can you imagine if you're a politician saying, "Hey guys, you're going to get a 23 reduction, 23 percent reduction in benefits." Do you think they're going to be elected? We talk about it on the other side of, hey, nobody wants to do this because it's unelectable making these changes that need to be done. But I can guarantee you none of these guys want to be on the other side of this saying, hey, sorry. Because there will be, like you said, people sleeping in the lobby. There will be bigger issues and repercussions because of these types of events. So the math goes both ways. Where- I mean,
2: without pensions, it is what it is. And with, with, with the poor financial habits that we have, and, and to Lance's point, we have poor financial habits in government. But oh, that's somewhere where it along all starts. the line, someone's got to get checks. Yeah, I mean, so we're going to try for as long as the program is around to help you make the best decisions possible. So here's something interesting. Um, so we mostly agree, Danny and I, that Americans should delay claiming to age 70. But the incremental benefit to delaying say from age 69 to 70. And I've had people where they have taken it at 69 because it's, it's actually more modest than the benefit from delaying in the year after your full retirement age. So here's an example. An average man sees a $2,959 benefit from delaying between ages 69 and 70 versus $9,070 between 67 and 68. Healthy woman, even better. $12,033 benefit versus 19,039 between 67 and 68. You see, those stairs, those stairs after 64 up to full retirement age, and a little bit after full retirement age are important. Once I'm getting close to 70, actuarially, The benefit between age 69 and 70, and again, I'm not including cost of living adjustments, it's really not a big deal. So if someone really needs the money at 69, I am not gonna arm wrestle them for it. Let them take it. That one year is not gonna be incremental. It's more important for me to keep people away from it before full retirement age, and possibly for a period after. Yeah, and I think that you know, delaying a little math, bit. That's math, Lance. That's the math in my that's weighing machine. Math. Wait till I call Stephanie at six thirty. This our operations person. As soon as we get off the phone here, off the radio, it'll be fun. Hello. <laughs> so
3: do me a favor though. As you're visiting with her, you have to use the ripple effect or the Russian ripple, <laughs> the weighing machine.
2: You know what I'm going to get? I can't get you into know my what I mean weighing when machine when I talk to her, right? Ruth from Ozark is what I'm going to get. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna get. Oh, from her? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of the words in the middle of that. <laughs> oh. Hey, man. it was great being with uh, being with you today. Hope you got something from this. <clears throat> I know Lance is trolling us, but it was nice that Lance put the article out there. And, when, and if you're at Target, get your weighing machine. They're on sale. Uh, and uh, we hope you have a great weekend Stay calm Stay cool Enjoy your weekend We'll see you again Next week Financial Fitness Friday Lance on Monday Thanks again everybody We appreciate you
1: money, money, money Must be In a rich